0: Hello, welcome to episode number two of Here We Go 23. This episode is called Adult Slump, Giving It All to God. So I felt very strongly to talk about what I'm calling the adult slump because I feel like a lot of people who I know and myself included, I feel like we're going through this kind of slump. And so what I'm calling the adult slump is like, it's when you feel like everything is crashing down on you. You're always stressed. You're confused. You feel like you're running out of time to like succeed in life, to accomplish all your goals. And you just feel rushed and you have no idea what you're doing. And I know some of you are like, um, Skylar, that's like my life you're describing. That's not just an adult slump, but I especially feel like, you know, young adults like myself, like from the age to like 18 to like 25. I mean, I don't know that kind of range. So like the young adults, and then I feel like adults, people who are like in their mid thirties to like early fifties, that kind of area. So young adults and adults, I feel like really go through this especially those age ranges and I can certainly attest to the whole 19 year olds and I know I have a few friends who can attest to this as well and so it's just this time in our life where we're like we don't know what on earth we're doing and for the young adult crowd I feel like this this slump occurs because okay you spend the first 18 years of your life In school, your whole schedule is dictated for you, okay? Your entire, you know, first 18 years is planned out for you, where you know exactly what you're doing, nothing is questioned, you know you're going to go to school, um, you're going to hang out with your friends, maybe do some sports, maybe pick up a little job on the side, you know exactly what you're going to do. It's black and white, your parents tell you what to do, you know, everything's taken care of. So for the first 18 years of your life, you know, everything's dictated. You know, everything is already planned out. And then when you get into your junior year of high school and they're like, pick out a college and pick out your major. You're like, okay, wow. And then you, you start feeling very stressed you've got all these tests, you've got all these applications, you've got financial aid, you're trying to pick what school you want to go to. Do you want to go to private, public? Do you want to go far away? Do you want to stay home? Do you want to live on campus? off cam- It's just, I mean, there's a ton of stuff. And then some people are like, you know, I don't want to go to school. I mean, do I want to learn a trade? Do I want to go into the, you know, armed forces? What, what do I, what do I want to do? And it's suddenly your life is no longer dictated. It's no longer planned out. It's no longer black and white. Now you get to decide what you're going to do next. So suddenly you dictate your life. Some people go off and, you know, get married right out of high school. Some people have children. Some people go to college. Some don't. Some learn a trade. Some go into the armed forces. Some people are buying homes. Some people, I mean, it's just crazy. Everyone's doing very, very different things. And that leads into reason number two why young adults go through this. Now, of course, this is all opinion. This is just kind of like my own observations. So number two, I feel like, is we compare ourselves, When you see everyone doing all these different crazy amounts of things, because all of you, you know, for these 18 years, you all were doing the same thing. Everybody was going to school. Everybody was, you know, just everybody was doing the same thing. But now everyone's doing a bunch of different things. So you look to the person on your right and you're like, oh my gosh, so-and-so just got married. I don't even have a, I don't even have like a boyfriend or a girlfriend. Like what, what the heck? Oh my gosh. Look at the person on the left. They freaking just like are doing amazing in college and I don't even know what I want to do. I, I don't I don't know what the heck I want to do for the rest of my life. So you start comparing yourself and you start feeling like that you are not as successful as the people around you and that the people around you somehow have figured out like the key to life and they know what they're doing. So the comparison starts starts happening. And we all know it's never good when you start comparing yourself. And then I do have a number three, but I'm going to skip that and get to it a little later. So now the reasons why I feel like adults go through this. So like that like 30s to like 50s age range. Which I mean, obviously, again, this is all just opinion and just kind of just observations that I've made. You know, I'm not saying they're completely correct, but it's, again, just opinion. So number one, why I feel like adults go through this is because they start like, fearing their life is over. Okay? So that's like number 1. Um when you hit that rage, you know, that that age range, you know, the kids are growing up, they're leaving, they're going off to school, they're doing their own thing and for like the first time in like I don't know how many years, I mean, your kids are gone. You no longer have to take care of your, you know, of somebody else, you know, and now you can kind of focus on you. So it's it's a huge life Shift that happens and of course this isn't true for everyone I mean obviously there are like 30 year olds and 40 year olds who have kids that are still at home and and all that but generally when you hit this age range your kids kind of start leaving the nest and you're like well okay so now that your focus is no longer on one person or several people for that matter you can kind of start looking at your own life again and you're like oh man I'm like halfway through my life. I'm 40 years old. Like I could live till like 80 or 85. So I'm like halfway done with my life. And, um, crap. Is this all there is? Like, I feel like I haven't accomplished anything. I feel like I haven't done all these amazing things. And so you start, you know, kind of freaking out. And then number two, which actually is the same as the young adults, is you start to compare yourself because you start freaking out. You look at the person on your right and you see so-and-so just got a new job promotion. They got a brand spanking new car. Their kids are off in some, I don't know, Ivy League school or I don't know. They're doing really well spiritually and their life is just amazing and great. And then on the left side, you got so-and-so who, I don't know, just got a brand new house and, and their marriage is perfect and so... You look at all the people around you and you feel like that everyone is doing life better than you are. So that's where the comparison comes in. And then here's number three. And this one is also shared with the young adults. This is why young adults and adults, this is why everybody goes through a slump. And listen up very carefully because this is the most important one. Number three, why you are going through a slump. Because you've taken your eyes off God. That's what happens because what happens when you take your eyes off God? Okay, well, suddenly you feel like that you are completely in control of your life and that freaks us out. Okay, us as Christians, that freaks me out to think, wow, I am, uh, I'm pretty much driving this ship now. Okay, I start freaking out. I start getting panicked. Then I'm like, what am I doing? What's happening? Then when you take your eyes off God, you forget who you are. So you start comparing yourself to everyone else. You start looking at everyone else's blessings instead of your own. And so instead of looking to God, you start looking at everyone else. So the whole big reason why you're going through a slump is because you've taken your eyes off God. But luckily I have some verses that I think can help when you're going through this slump. I know that they've helped me when I feel like I'm going through this really rough time where I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. And I'm looking at everybody else and be like, oh, so-and-so is so much more successful than me. They're they're just doing way better than me. These are kind of the verses that I found that have really, really helped me. Also, I, you know, when I, when I thought about, you know, talking about this like adult slump, again, that's like what I'm calling it. I googled, you know, like young adults feel rushed because I was like, surely somebody's like talked about this because there was actually like a little meme going around Facebook that was like, 22 is such a weird age or like listed some age and it was like you've got some people who are like married some people have homes some people are like going to school getting their degree and then some people are in jail it's such a weird time like it was it was it was pretty funny but it was like that's the post and so I was like surely somebody has talked about this like weird slump surely there's got to be something some article something out there so I googled young adults feel rushed And the articles that came up, um, it says, let's see, depression skyrockets in teens, young adults. Okay, that's from AOL.com. And then it goes, um, there's a, um, let's see, what else is there? There's stressed, tired, rushed, a portrait of the modern family. So there's all these articles like talking about this whole like feeling rushed and feeling like, I don't know, you're running out of time. Like you're just losing control of your life. But there's no articles talking especially nothing spiritual that I found that's like how do you fix this how do I go to God about this so kind of backtracking here's some verses that I have found that have really helped me and the first scripture that I'm going to read is in Matthew 14 and we're going to start at like verse 22 23 so a lot of you know Matthew 14 for those of you who don't it's where God calls Peter out onto the water. It's where God walks on water, Peter walks on water. So starting at verse 22, and this is uh, just kind of give you a little background. Matthew 14, Jesus has just, you know, been preaching and, and teaching to the masses and he tells his and he's fed them and he tells his disciples to let's, let's get in the boat. Let's go to the other side of um, the river. Um, so starting at 22, this is Matthew 14, verse 22. By the way, I, when I read from the Bible, I generally read from the KJV version. Um, I either do that or the ESV version. So if mine's a little different from yours, that's why. So Matthew fourteen twenty-two says, and straightway, Jesus constrained his disciples to get into a ship and to go before him unto the other side while he sent the multitudes away. Be of good cheer, it is I, be not afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me come unto thee on the water. And he said, Come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw the wind, boisterous he was afraid, and beginning to sink, he cried, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and said unto him, O oh, thou of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? And when they were come unto the ship, the wind ceased. Then they that were in the ship came and worshipped him, saying, Of a truth thou art the Son of God. So basically what happens is Jesus is up on the mountain. He's praying. You know, the ship is getting tossed by all these waves. And so Jesus walks on the water, you know, because that's what Jesus does. He walks right on the water. Everything's fine. Well, then the people in the boat, his disciples, they see him on the water and they're like, oh my gosh, that's a, that's a ghost. Like there's a ghost walking in the water and they're afraid because they can't really see that it's Jesus. So he calls out to them. He says, "No, guys, it's okay. It's okay. I'm, um, you know, it's me, you know, don't be afraid. And so Peter, you know, calls out to him and he says, Lord, if it's you, you know, let me, let me come on the water and let me, let me come to you. So, you know, God says, all right. He says, come on. So Peter comes out of the ship and he starts walking on the water to go to Jesus. Then he sees the wind. He sees the waves. He sees every, you know, all the craziness around him. And he starts focusing on that and takes his eyes off God and he starts to sink. Well, of course, you know, the Lord reaches down, he saves him. And he's like, you have very little faith. Why did you doubt me? So then, of course, you know, they go into the ship and then all the disciples worship him and, you know, recognize that he's the son of God. But the whole point of this story, as many of you know, is I'm kind of using this as like when you're in that slump and you're feeling like that you're crashing down, this is because you've taken your eyes off God, okay? Get your eyes back on God. You've, you've, You've probably prayed to God and you're like, God, you know, just... Take me wherever you, you you lead, God, and, you know, I'll follow. Just, just lead me, Lord. Take hold of my life. And then God's like, okay, step out onto the waters. So you step out onto the waters. You leave the safety of the ship. And, you know, at first you're doing good. Your eyes are on God. You're just walking on the water. Well, then you start paying attention to the waves. You start paying attention to the wind. And you start paying attention to the storm around you. So now you've taken your eyes off God. And you're starting to sink. You're starting to sink in all the troubles of your life. And you're starting to feel overwhelmed. And that's when you start feeling like everything is crashing down on you. Luckily, you serve a mighty God. And if you put your eyes back on Him, He will always, 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 always reach out His hand and He will save you. So that's where Matthew 14 comes into play. When you are feeling like you're crashing down, just remember, put your eyes back on God. Okay, don't pay attention to the storm that's around you. And it's so cliche, I know, because, you know, this verse, this passage of scripture is a lot of times used for this, you know, kind of scenario about taking your eyes off God. But it's so important. Okay, it's a direct reference. Peter took his eyes off God. He sank. You take your eyes off God, you sink. You start to drown in all your troubles and all your worries. So always keep your eyes on God. The next little passages of scripture that I have is for when you're feeling stressed and confused because whew, those are two emotions that really dominate you when you're going through this entire slump where you're just so confused about what what you need to do and what the next steps are in your life and and it's just a it's a hot mess it really is and you're in your stress and it's it's awful so the verses that I have um. The passages of scripture are Isaiah twenty six, Psalm forty six, ten, Psalm one hundred and twelve seven, and Colossians three, one. So starting off with Isaiah twenty six, I'm gonna read this to you. It says In that day shall this song be sung in the land of Judah. We have a strong city, salvation will God appoint for walls and bulwarks. Open ye the gates that the righteous nation which keepeth the truth may enter in. Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusteth in thee. Trust ye in the Lord forever, for in the Lord Jehovah is everlasting strength. For he bringeth down them that dwell on high, the lofty city. He layeth it low, he layeth it low, even to the ground, he bringeth it even to the dust. The foot shall tread it down. Even the feet of the poor and the steps of the needy. The way of the just is uprightness. Thou most upright dost weigh the path of the just. Yea, in the way of thy judgments, O Lord, have we waited for thee. The desire of our soul is to thy name and to the remembrance of thee. With my soul have I desired thee in the night. Yea, with my spirit within me will I seek thee early. For when thy judgments are in the earth, the inhabitants of the world will learn righteousness. Let favor be shewed to the wicked, yet will he not learn righteousness. In the land of uprightness will he deal unjustly, and will not behold the majesty of the Lord. Lord, when thy hand is lifted up, they will not see, but they shall see and be ashamed for their envy at the people. Yea, the fire of thine enemies shall devour them. Lord, thou would ordain peace for us, for thou also hast wrought all our works in us. O Lord our God, other lords beside thee have had dominion over us, but by thee only will we make mention of thy name. They are dead, they shall not live, they are deceased, they shall not rise. Therefore hast thou visited and destroyed them and made all their memory to perish." Thou hast increased the nation, O Lord, thou hast increased the nation, thou art glorified, thou hast removed it far unto all the ends of the earth. Lord, in trouble have they visited thee, they poured out a prayer when thy chastening was upon them. Like as a woman with child, that draweth near the time of her delivery, is in pain, and crieth out in her pangs, so have we been in thy sight, O Lord. We have been with child, we have been in pain, we have, as it were, brought forth wind. We have not wrought any deliverance in the earth, neither have the inhabitants of the world fallen. Thy dead men shall live, together with my dead bodies shall they arise. Awake and sing ye that dwell in dust, for thy dew is as the dew of herbs, and the earth shall cast out the dead. Come, my people, enter thou into thy chambers, and shut thy doors about thee. Hide thyself, as it were, for a little moment, until the indignation be overpassed. For behold, the Lord cometh out of his place to punish the inhabitants of the earth for their iniquity. The earth also shall disclose her blood and shall no more cover her slain. So that's a lot. That's 21 verses. That is Isaiah 26. So kind of, I'm going to pinpoint the really important parts of this that is going to help you when you feel really stressed and confused. So Specifically, Isaiah 26, verses 1 through 4. So, it kind of talks about, You will have peace if your mind stays on God. And God is everlasting strength. Verse 2 says, Open ye the gates that the righteous nation, which keepeth the truth, may enter in. If you keep God's truth, you are going to inherit heaven. Okay? Okay? And it says, Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusteth in thee. So this all goes back. If you keep your eyes on God, he will give you peace. If your mind stays on him and you trust in him, he will give you perfect peace. It says, Trust ye in the Lord forever, for in thee, Lord Jehovah, is everlasting strength. So when you're stressed and you're confused, know that if you focus on God, he'll give you peace. Know that if you trust in him and that if you look to him, he is going to be your everlasting strength. That's really, really important, y'all. And then in verses 8 through 9, this is still Isaiah 26. It says, Yea, in the way of thy judgments, O Lord, have we waited for thee. The desire of our soul is to thy name and to the remembrance of thee. With my soul have I desired thee in the night. Yea, with my spirit within me will I seek thee early. For when thy judgments are in the earth, the inhabitants of the world will learn righteousness. Again, it's talking about, Lord, we've waited for you. The desire of our soul, the desire of my soul is your name and the remembrance of you. If Your If the desire of your soul is not God, that's when you start to sink. That's when you start to stress. That's when you start to feel confused. You have to desire God with your soul. It says, with my soul have I desired thee in the night. Yea, with my spirit within me will I seek thee early. You've got to desire him 24 hours a day, 365 days a year, night and day. And then in verse 12, it pretty much again just says, Lord, thou wilt ordain peace for us, for thou also hast wrought all our works in us. God's going to give you peace. That's what all this is about. Isaiah 26, 1-4, through 8-9, through 9, and verses 12. You're going to have peace if you focus on God. So kind of use those verses, okay? Use that when you're feeling stressed and you're feeling confused. The next scripture I have is Psalm 4610. And feel free to pause this, you know, so that you can open your Bible and so you can read this scripture, you know, with me so you can really dive in because I feel like you're going to get the most out of it if you do that. So Psalm 4610 says, Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the heathen. I will be exalted in the earth. Be still and know He's God. When you're feeling stressed and confused, just stop. Calm your mind and know that He's God. He's your shepherd. You're going to be taken care of. Everything's going to be okay. He's going to save you when you're drowning. You're going to get your peace. He's your everlasting strength. Know that it's going to be okay. When was the last time that you just stood still and listened to God? And then the next scripture I have is Psalm 112, verse 7. It says, He shall not be afraid of evil tidings. His heart is fixed, trusting in the Lord. So when your heart is fixed on on God, in God, when you're looking at Him, when you've not taken your eyes off Him, you're not afraid. You're not afraid of things to come. You're not stressed. You're not confused. And then the next and last verse that I have for when you're feeling stressed and confused is Colossians 3.1. It says, If ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. So that says seek God. Seek the things that are above. So, so far, the advice you've gotten for when you're feeling like you're crashing down, that was Matthew 14. Don't take your eyes off God. Don't focus on the storm around you. Just keep walking on the water towards God. And then for the stressed and confused, we have Isaiah 26, 1-4, 8-9, verse 12, Psalm 46, 10, Psalm 112, 7, Colossians 3, 1. All of it says is that if you keep your eyes on God, he'll give you peace. He's your everlasting strength. The number one desire of your heart should be Jesus and nothing more. God will give you peace. Be still and know that he is God. He'll take care of everything. He's the shepherd. He knows what he knows how to do his job, okay? And then if your heart's fixed on the Lord, you will not fear. And seek God always and seek the things above. So so far that's pretty good. I know that's a lot of verses, but I feel like when you're in this slump, you need A lot of armor, essentially, to go through this battle in the state of mind that you're in. So I have two more passages of scripture for you. And that's for when you're feeling rushed. When you're feeling like, oh my gosh, you've got to accomplish everything right now. You've got to be the best version of you today. So first is Romans 8.25. It says, but if we hope for that we see not, then do we with patience wait for it. Basically, that's saying we will wait patiently for the things that we hope for. So when you're feeling rushed, you need to take a step back. And oh my goodness, if this is not for me, then I don't have true. This is definitely for me. When you're feeling rushed, just know that the things you're hoping for, you've got to wait patiently for. Okay, patience is a fruit of the spirit. Patience sucks. It, it, it's not fun waiting at all. But... Romans 8.25 says that we have to. Then I actually have two more passages. It's Philippians 4.6 and Jeremiah 29.11. So Philippians 4.6 says, Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving let your quest be made known unto God. So don't be anxious. Pray to God. He knows your desires and he has mighty plans for you let your requests be made known unto him, but not always. Okay. Don't always go to God and just flood him with all your worries and stuff. And you're like, well, isn't that what we're supposed to do? We're supposed to let God know our worries. He knows your worries. But if you're, if that's all you're doing is that's the only time that you go to God is when you're freaking out. And mm, if I'm not preaching to the choir on this, then you're not going to receive what God has for you because you're constantly just talking, 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 talking. Your mind's going 100 miles an hour. And God's not going to be able to cut through all that crazy in your head and tell you, hey, I've got this. You're not going to get your peace because you're, you're going insane. It's essentially like going up to God and going, oh my gosh, gosh. Oh, oh what are we doing? What's next? Oh, I don't know what I'm doing. So-and-so's doing this. Wait, I don't know what I want to do. I don't know the desires of my heart. If I approached God, if I approached you like that, you're going to be like, oh my goodness, this person's cray cray. You wouldn't be able to get a word in. It's the same way with God. So don't always go to God and just start throwing out all your worries. Because if there's one thing I've learned is that he knows your worries. He knows them. You don't have to constantly, all the time, 24-7 tell him. Go to God and just sit in his presence And that is so hard to do. Just go and be with him. Be still. And then Jeremiah 29, 11 says, For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. There's your hope. He knows his plans for you. And it's to give you peace and not evil. So that's what you can use to feel rushed. Romans 8, 25. Philippians 4, 6. Jeremiah 29, 11. So when you're going through this slump, maybe you're going through it right now. And you're feeling like everything's crashing down on you. You're feeling stressed and confused. You're feeling rushed. Well, I just now gave you a ton of verses to combat all those feelings. So now I'm going to tell a little bit of my testimony with this. And those who really, really know me um specifically my youth pastor shout out to Nikki Taylor she really knows uh that I was going through this hardcore um and you don't have to listen to this testimony if you've gotten what you you know you came to listen for then by all means you know go ahead and skip to the next episode for but for those of you who are curious as to where all these verses you know came from in my life then stay tuned and I'm gonna tell you my testimony. So, I kind of started experiencing the adult slump when I was I don't know 17, I guess. I I don't know, 17, 18. So, I graduated high school a year early. I had taken all these college classes and all that good stuff, and I, you know, after I graduated high school, I graduated in 2016. I was going to take a gap year and really focus on my music and then I was going to decide whether or not to go to college or just move to Nashville or what. I I didn't know exactly what I was going to do after my gap year. So I graduate high school now I'm in this gap year not really able to focus on music a lot due to some circumstances so my gap year comes to an end and I'm like you know, sitting here with my mom and I'm like, what on earth do I do next? What do, what's the next plan? And I just felt so confused and so conflicted. And I was like, well, I, I know I, I want to be a singer songwriter and I, you know, I want to do all these things. And I'm like, what if I go to school and I'm just wasting my money? Because like, what if, what if I can't focus on all these things and then I'm going to have to drop out and then I've just wasted money and yada, yada, yada. So I was freaking out. And then I was like, but then what if I don't go to school? Because, and then I, I get behind everybody else. And I'm like a loser at like 25 who just has like gone nowhere in her life. It was, it was a hot mess. And I honestly, my soul was so conflicted. It, I wasn't close to God in that moment. I had, I was sinking. I was Peter. I I was drowning. I, I literally was, um, And so, around this time, we had, I think it was a summer camp. My church does these camps, for those of you who don't know. My church does these camps, usually one in summer, winter, sometimes like a a Valentine's Day, you know, kind of themed camp. But anyway, it was summer camp. And I went, and man, that camp, the Lord just gave me exactly what I needed. And the the theme song of that camp um, for that summer camp was Trust in You by Lauren Daigle. If you haven't heard that song, go and listen to it. Stop this podcast right now and go and listen to it. And it's like the writers of that song, it was wrote for me. Every single word, every verse, every line just spoke what I was going through in that moment. And there's this part that is my absolute favorite. And I'll, just, I'll just tell you the chorus because that's, ugh. The chorus is like, um, when you don't move the mountains, I'm needing you to move. When you don't part the waters, I wish I could walk through. When you don't give the answers, I cry out to you. I will trust, I will trust in you. And then my favorite part is the bridge and it says, you are my strength and comfort. You are my steady hand. You are the firm foundation, the rock on which I stand. Your ways are always higher. Your plans are always good. And there's not a place where I'll go. You've not already stood. Whew. It even now just like gives me chills and like gets my heart pumping because like, When I was going through this whole, like, do I go to school? Do I not go to school? What the heck do I do? God, I want my dreams to happen. Why have they not happened? Why has this big life-changing circumstance popped up in my gap year that has just, like, rocked my world? It was just, I was troubled. I was, when I went to God, when I was praying, I was freaking out. I was kind of doing the whole scenario like I was, like I had talked about earlier when I was going to him. And I was just like, God, what are we doing now? God, wh- where are you at? Why are you not speaking to me? Why are things not happening? What's the plan? I don't understand what we're doing. Why do I feel all confused? Why am I stressed out? Where are you at? Why are you not talking to me? So I was just like berating God with all this stress and worry and all this craziness and stuff. And so I couldn't hear his voice anymore. It got to where I was drowning so much that... I couldn't hear him and then you know when you can't hear God that gives the devil the perfect opportunity to swoop in and be like well you see God's mad at you God doesn't love you right now you've made him angry you've fallen away from the glory of God you've essentially gone too far like you've said too much you weren't a good enough Christian that God's not blessing you right now. And he doesn't want to listen to you right now. It sounds stupid, but that's exactly what was happening to me in that moment. And so when I went to that camp, I was so broken. And I was so tired. And my soul, my cup was empty. And like, I get emotional. Just even, um, sorry, y'all. Just even thinking about where I was and how worried I was that like, that God no longer cared for me. And that I somehow made him angry. And I got to the point where I would pray to God. And I would be like, can you just, I just want to hear your voice. Just give me something. Give me some peace. And I got nothing. And so, when I went to that camp and then I heard that song. And that song was my, oh, that was, I just needed that. And at that camp, you know, God spoke to me kind of really hastily and kind of frustrated. And it's just like, I felt like God speak to me and I felt him like going like, I've never left you. I'm never gonna leave you, but you've been coming to me and you've just been essentially shouting at me all your worries and all your stress. Don't you think I know your stress? I am Jehovah. I know your worries. Have you forgotten who God you serve? Have you forgotten how powerful that I am? You think that I've just tossed you to the side and that I've just left you to drown. Don't you realize that I'm there to pick you up? And it was, I mean, it was just God kind of like being like, you know, little you have little faith. He's like, I'm still here. He's like, but you've constantly just come to me and you have just freaking out. But you, you haven't came to me in the longest time and just sat in my presence and just focused on me and stopped focusing on the future and what's happening and what's not happening. Instead, you've, you're focusing on the things that aren't even here, you know? You're focusing on all these worries, and you're not focusing on me. You're not focusing on my glory. You have no faith. Then it was like a big slap in the face, y'all. It really was. It was a big wake-up call. It was just like... And the reason it ho- like it came was like, when I went to the camp and that song was playing, I just let go. And I that song, I was like, I will trust. I will trust in you. And I just let go of the camp. I was like, you know what? I'm not going to worry anymore. I'm not going to stress anymore. God loves me. I know this. I'm not going to let the devil get in my mind and tell me he doesn't. I know that God has amazing, amazing plans for me. He knows my desires. He knows my worries. He knows all the problems I'm going through right now. So I'm just going to let it all go. And that's essentially I was like, here we go. I'm, I'm, I'm giving it all away. I'm laying it at Jesus' feet. And yeah, I'm going to trust in him. And it was in that moment where I decided to stop paying attention to the storms around me and I put my eyes back on God. Everything started settling down. I found peace. So that's where literally all these verses came from. I put my eyes back on him and I didn't get answers right away. It wasn't like, oh, hey, you know, look, you have finally, you know, focused on me again. Here's what we're doing. It wasn't like that because if God did that if god you know suddenly just revealed to us the you know the entire plan that's not faith you wouldn't have faith faith wouldn't be a necessity because you'd be like oh yeah okay well now i know what's gonna happen all right we're good ultimately god just wants you to trust him and that sounds so easy and so simple and it's the most hardest just most complicated thing ever especially for me because i am a control freak okay So that camp, I let go and I decided to trust in him. And then, you know, long story short, it was weird. I left camp and I felt peace. I just, it was weird. It was random. I I was like, okay, I'm going to apply to Belmont. That's what I'm going to do. And I didn't even question it. Now, mind you, I had spent weeks before this, like literally going back and forth about should I apply to Belmont? I knew I wanted to go to Belmont if I went anywhere. So I was like, should I apply to school? Should I not apply to school? Oh my gosh, I don't know what I'm doing. And then it was, as soon as I left the camp, I was just like, I'm going to apply to school. And this was in like July. So y'all, okay, school starts in legit like August. So I was like, I'm probably not even going to get in for the semester. Well, everything fell into place. Not only did I get in, I got financial aid. And I got rewards and scholarships that I shouldn't have gotten because I applied so late that the deadline was passed. It was a super easy process and I felt peace. And, you know, looking back, I'm like, oh my gosh, girl, you would have been crazy to not apply to Belmont because I literally love my school. I love my classes. I've been given so many amazing opportunities and I'm learning and growing so much. So everything has worked out for the good of God. And maybe it sounds funny to some of y'all, you're like, well, that's not a very big slump. But it was. I was in a really, really bad place and a really rough place. So that's my testimony and all I can tell y'all is literally just go and sit in the presence of Jesus and give all your worries to him. Okay, don't just go to him and say this is what I'm worrying about. No, don't even do that. Just give it to him and just let it go and don't focus on it anymore, which I know is so much easier said than done, but do it. This is coming from a person who just got out of that whole circumstance of not giving God my cares and worries and not just focusing on him and being, you know, having faith and just trusting in his, his plan and in his glory and everything. Just give God your cares from this point on. I want you to go forth with the mentality of, okay, I'm letting go of all my problems. I'm letting go of all my worries. I'm letting go of all my stress. I am, am not drowning because Jesus is saving me. Thank you. And I am not rushed. I have a whole lifetime to do all the things I want to. I'm going to give him everything. Okay. For this, fourth, this, this, you know, this time forward, you are laying everything at his feet and you're just going to be like, all right, God, I'm just going to look at you and I'm going to love you. and I'm going to trust in you. And I know everything's going to work out. And I know you're going to give me peace because I am focused on you and I'm in your presence and my heart longs for you and is not focused on anything else. Then if you do that, everything else is going to be okay. So this was a longer episode, which I think most episodes are going to range between the 30 to 45 minute range, which I think is pretty good. But I hope you guys liked this episode. Again, please leave me a review um, if you like it. And again, message me if you have any, you know, comments or critiques that you think, you know, that should be heard. And I hope you will listen to episode three, which is titled, Will Your Fear Kill Your Faith or Will Your Faith Kill Your Fear?